What I'm learning is I need to figure out an introduction to the podcast. Like when I bring y'all in, like how am I, how am I inviting you in? You know, is it good morning? Is it good day? You know, happy Wednesday. What is it? Maybe happy Wednesday or happy Wednesday, my fellow children of God, like whatever. I don't know. Anyways, if you're here today, I am your host, Destiny, otherwise known as a tribe woman of God. And if you're new here, just to give you a little background and mission statement to this podcast, pretty much what it is, is a somewhat in real time peep into my walk with God. So a lot of the times each episode is something that I've either been studying, I am currently going through, a person I'm frustrated with because I'm that's common, that's common. And I just decided to turn it into a to something positive or something directed towards God, which is good to do. And for me this is it's nice to have this one-on-one Bible study with myself and really just share the gospel in all its different forms. I'm being upfront, I'm being genuine. I feel like a lot of people just come out and they're just like, pray and choose Jesus and everything will be all right. No, mm-mm. I'm gonna tell you right now, if that's why you're here, you can go ahead and just, you can go ahead and um, exit out of this podcast because I'm not I'm not saying that to you. I'm not even gonna tell you that lie. It's hard out here in, in the streets, but it's because it's life, all right? What does the walk provide when stuff gets tough? <laughs> I want to say peace, but that also comes with time, you know, as it would in life. But it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. You're going to hear me say that a lot because it's it's got me speechless. I don't even know how to describe it. And it's But it's almost knowing that, you know what, this hurts now. My feelings are valid, so I'm going to endure this pain. I'm going to understand Whatever it is going on, you go through your grieving process, you cry your cry, you do whatever, and you relax. But there are some people out there that are angry constantly because they are fulfilled by that for whatever the reason. I got to a point where I was tired of being angry. I was tired of worrying all the time, and I still worry. That doesn't go away. However, you know, that tough, tough situation that was hard to get through and didn't I didn't see an end to it. I'm no longer upset and griping about that. But there are some people where a bad thing has happened to them and they're still moaning and groaning about it. I know somebody who got upset because they got too many sauces from Chick-fil-A. That's a dream. What are you talking about? Why do I need four sauces for chicken nuggets? What? (laughs) How do you complain about something so positive? That's crazy. But people are never satisfied, unfortunately. Even, Even the people that walk with God. So if that's what you're looking for, to be constantly satisfied, you're not going to be constantly satisfied because we still wear this Adam suit. Our flesh still tries us daily, but that is why God calls us to pick up our cross daily and deny ourselves. It's a constant humbling moment for us to point and look towards the reason, the purpose, the focus, and it's not ourselves. And a lot of people don't like that. This walk humbles you and it makes you feel real small at times. We're worried about little stuff. 
in comparison to what God can do. We worried about, oh, the money. God got you. He, he's the provider. Now, today we're talking about taking worry captive. And we are going to be reading, well, y'all can read, <laughs> from Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. Again, if you are new here, if you are new to the idea of Christianity, to the walk with Jesus, to podcasts in general, or you just want to, you know, you've been here a long time, but you don't know where to begin when it comes to studying your Bible. That's fair. Been there, done that. Still struggle from time to time where I'm just sitting and I'm like, I don't know what to read today. This is a really good one to read. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is compacted with so much wisdom from Jesus. So much direction. I think it's a good place to start. It is see how many verses 34 34 verses one chapter 34 verses that could be 34 days that could be a nighttime y'all can split that up whatever however you want to chop that up i i highly encourage you to read this so matthew 6 begins to talk about how to give to the poor and how to be charitable and it's really just not to boast about it don't just go out and feed a whole bunch of homeless people because you're trying to get a whole bunch of likes on TikTok. You're trying to get a whole bunch of follows on Instagram, whatever the case may be, because you're trying to promote, you know, whatever that you're giving these homeless people, what, whatever the case may be. Literally do it silently. Don't boast about it. Don't try to be seen because of it. And then next it's how to pray. This is the chapter where the Lord's prayer is. And, you know, some some know that by heart, boom. And then he talks about how to forgive. Now with the forgiveness, it's pretty much to boil it down. You forgive when it's not fair, when it's uncomfortable. Now think about that, you know, forgiving when it's unfair and when it's uncomfortable. Look at what Jesus has done to cover any sin that we were going to commit. It was uncomfortable. It was humiliating. It was painful. It was fatal. Forgive one another so he can too forgive you. And so you can accept that forgiveness because if you don't forgive others, you're not accepting that free gift of forgiveness that God has given. Then he teaches how to fast. Again, not something we need to boast about, but we need to look as if we're not fasting, anointing our head with oil. And then next talks about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you valuing? I was reading this book, Jesus, The Jesus Code, and y'all can hear me talk about that book a lot. It's really good. I would pick that up too. In The Jesus Code, he talks about knowing if you were a Christian. Like if you were to die today, what is something that would show me that you loved Christ and you walked with him. He gave examples like, well, I wouldn't want to read your diary, although that would tell me your deepest innermost emotions. Doesn't want to read your Bible, even though that will show him where your heart was and what you were praying for, the little notes you have to yourself. He wants to see your bank statement, which I thought was really weird, but your bank statement, 
the Bible talks about tithing, offerings, giving to the church. If we don't see that in your bank statement, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe they were just, you know, part-time Christians or something. But that's your treasure. That's what we value on this earth, essentially, for the most part, is money. But what are we giving that money to? Are we spending it on alcohol? Are we spending it on weed? <laughs> I said we weed. What is your center focus? Now me, you gon' you gonna see food. You're gonna see church in there too, but you're gonna definitely see food. That's for sure. If nothing else, I'm gonna spend money on the food. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't know. I don't care how much money I got. I always got enough, just enough for some food. In addition to the next thing of this beautiful, heavy chapter is talking about the light in you and the darkness. Kind of giving you a self-reflection check. Like, hmm, what are you watching all the time? What are you allowing in your spirit? What are you listening to? Because if you're allowing that in, that's essentially probably what the inside of you looks like. So if you're looking at light, you're going to be filled with light. If you're looking at darkness, you're going to be filled with darkness. So on and so forth. Next, we get to the nitty gritty and we talk about, oh no, hold up. I missed the, hold on, Lord, we not, we didn't miss the spot. There is a very important lesson that Jesus talks about saying, that no one can have two masters. This scripture I leaned on, or it leaned on me for a long time because I was reading Matthew 6 almost every day. I wanted to get this in me. This was so good and I felt like it taught me so much, but I was reading it and reading it, but I was serving (laughs) my flesh every other weekend every weekend between Friday and Saturdays. That's what I was doing. Heavy in this, highlighted up, okay? Praying on this. But this scripture, this verse, Matthew 6, 24, kept ringing in my spirit. No one can serve two masters. For either will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and not to the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is unique because with this scripture, and sometimes I've I've done this where I put, you know, either my name or the situation and I fill it into that blank. You cannot serve God and sex outside of marriage. <laughs> you cannot serve God and alcohol. You cannot serve God and weed. You cannot serve God and whatever is holding you. Whatever has your full and undivided attention, you cannot serve that and God. You cannot serve God in social media. And I'm preaching to myself at that point, which I probably really need to get off of social media. And I do have these breaks constantly, but then it's like, just you get on and then you go so hard still. So it's like, because stuff be so funny or stuff be so good. And I will say, referring back to where your treasures is, there your heart will be also. Looking at what people have on their their Instagrams also indicates where your mind is at too. That's what I'm learning. Since I've changed my ways and what I'm listening to and what I'm what I'm accepting, I've noticed in the past year 
or to but probably about the last year, two years, more and more Christ-like things popping up on my feed, more Bible scriptures, people talking about the Bible, people I've never heard of before, songs I've never heard of before. I'm like, oh, this is great. So that's another indicator. Like what you keep liking on Instagram, the algorithm about to tell on you for real, for real. What you looking at? Hmm? What is this? But let me move on. And then finally, after God pretty much getting in my behind about who I'm serving, we have him explaining to us that we do not need to worry. There is no reason. There's no value for it. Again, referring back to the Jesus code, he says that worrying is foolish, futile, frustrating, and faithless. And it is. And we all do it constantly. Constantly. It's part of our atom suit. It's built in. We are equipped with that. That is something, again, we have to keep denying. And I know some people think, oh, well, I did this. I get, I did it one time, but then I didn't see anything. And I actually had a conversation with somebody because they were like, well, I did the praying. I did this. I did that. So I'm like confused. Why do you feel like you stopped, needed to stop? That's what's confusing. It's frustrating. It can be frustrating to pray and not see anything because we think that God is on our schedule. And that's not the case. We feel entitled to his power whenever we deem it necessary. That's why we're frustrated. That's why we're impatient. That's why we're worrying. That's why we give up. If God was small enough to be on our agenda for us to pencil him in, he would not be worth worshiping. As much as we question things, that would be the number one reason why we wouldn't walk with God. But like, no, there's no, there's no way that this, I can control this man. We'd question that. We would question, we question him now and that's fine, but he's not small enough to confine to our time frame. We are worried about time. He's not worried about time. He doesn't live within it. He created it. Which one of you can add life, years, inches by worrying? We can't. We literally do it for no reason. Somebody said, worrying is like rocking in a rocking chair. Gets you nowhere, but it's something to do. It's a waste of time. It literally serves no purpose. That's, it literally serves no purpose. Or another saying is, this one is kind of cute. And some of these quotes about worry are very long. Like, that's ridiculous. I feel like after a certain amount of sentences, it shouldn't be a quote. That's a paragraph. We're, we're, this is a paragraph on worry at that point. That is not a quote. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strengths. And that is by Corey Tim Boone. It serves no purpose, but we do it every day. And every day we need to get up, take that, take up that cross and deny ourselves the privilege <laughs> that we think we need to have of worrying. Now this came right on time because I, I was worrying. What was it? This week, last week, worrying. 
Didn't get an email back. Didn't get an email back. Oh, I have to do this. Why am I not doing this? If I don't do this, am I a failure? And then I just tried to, I just went down this spiral. And then I, what I realized was when you worry about all the things that you have to do, you almost don't even want to move because you're thinking about everything. Not everything can be done in a day. And if you feel like it can, touch, touch it 20 minutes. You need to read that book that you said you've been read, needed to read for the past three years. Pick it up, read 20 minutes of it, put it down. You need to clean up, 20 minutes, done. You need to go to the gym, 20 minutes, done. Well, it take me 30 minutes to get to the gym. Well, I guess when you get there, you're going to have a reason to stay a little bit longer, huh? Mm, okay. But why is your gym 30 minutes away? <laughs> that is not the reason. Let me move on. Stop worrying about crap. Now this, I'm preaching to myself, stop worrying about it. It doesn't make it less hard. It doesn't make it more easy. It doesn't do anything. Hear me when I say this. What does worrying do? Say it with me, nothing. One more time. What does worrying do? There you go. You got it. We got it. We got it. It's going to be complicated because we're so used to doing it. It's At this point, it's habitual. It's part of our life. But that's something we got to constantly deny, constantly deny, constantly deny. And another good reason for you to just not be crazy about tomorrow's load. Well, what can you get done today? Get what you can get done today and just be done with today. Take a shower, wash today off, go to sleep. (laughs) It's okay. Right? The world is not going to end because you didn't read that book. The world is not going to end because you didn't do this, because you didn't, and your life is not going to, well, you know, if if it be God's will. But there's no reason to worry about the little things. There's a lot of stuff that we're worrying about. Let's be honest. It's very minimal. It's very minimal. And y'all are, we out here compacting it severely. Oh, we're worried about the little things. And then the big things come up. We're like, oh, we got to do that too. I say, if you want to get everything on your list done, do it for 20 minutes. I'm realizing there's not a lot of time in a day. It's not. I literally, I have to get up early. Excuse my refrigerator because somebody is just loud. To get up at four and then lay down a little bit and then rise and shine, whatever. Then I got this two-hour commute to work and back, trying to get eight hours of sleep. I know for sure I'm going to work eight hours. And that's what that's what bugs me. We make sure when it comes to work, we clock in on time, we clock out on time. We are always giving work its hours. Why? Because we know in turn we're getting that money. What is that money for? Something that we need and probably don't even have time for because we spend eight hours a day at work. But anyways, there's a, there's a time and a season. There's a season and a time, time and a season season at a time. Okay. It's not a lot of time in the day. We know that that's not going to change. It's going to be 24 hours. It's been 24 hours. So if you're stressing about time, stop. It hasn't changed. I don't have the time. You make the time 20 minutes. And if that's too much, do 10. Well, that's, well, that's not enough destiny. Well, doing zero seems to have you stressed out. So do 10. Hear me when I say this, do something, 
do something. Part of us has a controlling, a controlling characteristic, which is why we're upset about when things don't go our way. And that's with anybody. We want things to go our way. But granted, they don't. We can't control time. We can't control situations. We can't control life. And above all else, we cannot control God. This man loves us past our own knowledge and understanding. And just that alone frustrates us because we can't control and comprehend his love. You can't. You can't hold it and look at it, analyze it. You can read about it. And even me reading about it, I'm still like, this man can't. Because I, there's no way that he loves me to this capacity. Even if I worship him every day, I pay my tithes, I pray. Praying. <laughs> praying is so important. I think praying helps with worry. Because the way I pray, sometimes. <laughs> but let me just be honest. When I'm frustrated... I'm like, let me pray. Let me give it to God. Let me, let me, I'm trying to physically picture myself giving it to God as I'm praying. Lord, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this. That's acting on faith because when you worry, it's faithless. You're not trusting in God. You worry that he's not going to show up. Think of faith like this. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Now, what do I mean by that? If God says, go to the grocery store, buy the loaf of bread way in the back and bring it to checkout, you do that. Now, what was the point? I don't know. Let's say there's a million dollars in the loaf of bread, okay? Or let's say somebody really needed a loaf of bread and you just have a loaf of bread in your hand and you just bless somebody, a divine appointment, whatever the case may be. There's a reason for us, for him telling us something. I'm struggling talking. There is a reason and a purpose behind God's work. It is not meant for us to know everything. And the Bible tells that, tells us that. We're, we're not going to know everything. He's not going to reveal everything to us. But what we have right now is really more than we need. We can get through life with just what we have. Is it easy? No. Are we exempt from life because we decide to walk? this walk and not worry and all this other stuff? No. No. But every day we do this, it strengthens our faith. And when our faith is strengthened, then when situations do come up, we immediately run to God as he wants us to. He's going to take care of you. You just have to believe that. You have to act like this man is telling the truth. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of things he can do but there is one thing he cannot do, and that is lie and sin. God is not the author of confusion. You won't find that here. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. And that's heavy because you feel like you're putting your, your life, your troubles into something you can't see. You don't know. You don't know, but you don't know until you try it and try it and try it and try it again. His love is amazing. And it's it's one that I'm still trying to understand and comprehend. And overall, for me, I don't think, I don't think I am fully capable of just allowing people to love me. It's confusing when people do stuff. That's nice. I'm like, 
why? I'm like, because we care and we like you and we care about you and this and that. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> Not saying that I'm a bad person, but I just feel like some of the things that happen, like, I, I should have done something for you to bless me with this or whatever the case may be, but that is not the God we serve. There's no conditions to this. There's no way to get this. And he knows that that's why he gave his son because there's no way we could deserve any of this. We don't deserve any of this. We don't, I don't deserve any of this, but it is a free gift that is easily accessible at any time. You just have to invite him in. Invite him in and he's going to take care of you. Yes, he's going to rattle some things up because yes, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. So yes, he's going to he's gonna mold you and it's going to hurt a little bit. But in the end, you are going to see the blessing in it. Trust me. Now, what time frame that is, I don't know because God is not confined to time. So if you're looking for like a 30 minute quick, like let's reset my whole life. Um, I can't, I can't testify for that one. I'm so sorry. I, you know, there's some times where I wish it only took 30 minutes to get over, but no, it took a couple of years, but I'm happy and I'm smiling now. So again, I encourage you guys, give it to God, read Matthew chapter six. And if you haven't already, I dare you to just invite God in. Let him use you. Let him use you. He'll he'll use it all. The good, bad, and ugly. Ain't nothing goes to waste. Trust that. <laughs> Have a great day.